Hello and welcome to the Trek podcast series. Uh, I'm David Evermey, SVP at Sarah from Realty, and our topic today is the recent tax reform legislation. I'm excited to have with me David Meyer, tax partner at Grant Thornton, who is the expert on this topic. David, welcome. Glad to be here. Thank you. Um, David, if I could start with a couple of general questions and then maybe we'll move into some more specific um, the, uh, let's start with, I, I believe the bill was called the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. And um, what, what was Congress trying to accomplish with, with the act? So, so the, the real major thing they were after was try and make American business more competitive in the world. So that was to chop the corporate tax rate from 35% to 21% and then to clean up some of the uh, international issues that were a little messy and encouraged bad behavior. Uh, they did have a challenge in there, and that was they realized that something like five out of every six businesses are not corporations. They operate in various flow-throughs, like almost the entire real estate sector. Right. We'll have a few questions on that in a minute. And so, <laughs> so they did throw, throw a benefit our way. They, uh, we've got a 20% deduction off of qualified business income. So a quick example there, the the new lower top individual rate is 37%, but if you get to to pay tax or get the deduction and only have to pay tax on 80% of your income, it effectively pulls it down to 29.6. Interesting. So again, just I've got a couple of follow-ups on that that point, but before we get to those, um, it seems as though the bill is generally well, generally very positive for our industry. Could you comment? I mean, is there uh, is it more spe- specifically friendly to different sectors or industry, multifamily, for example? Yeah, I'd absolutely agree that um, uh, they were very kind to real estate in general. Um, I, I think the big hit in the real estate area had to do with what they did with individual taxation. So there are a couple things there. They lowered the maximum amount of interest that an individual can deduct on their return on mortgages from, you know, a million or a million one, depending on which rules you're looking at, to about 750000 And then at the same time, they put an overall cap on state and local tax deductions. And so your combined income taxes and property taxes are limited to $10,000 a year, which is pretty low. So so the net result is it's going to put a lot of pressure on expensive houses. And so what I would expect is moderate-priced houses would uh, would be more in favor, and then multifamily would benefit from it as well. So interesting. So taking that one step further, um, there clearly are geographic winners and losers in this, just from what you've described. So without um, plugging too much our own state here um, – it seems as though states like California are going to get very heavily penalized, and we may benefit a lot. Is that is that a fair? Statement? I think that's absolutely fair. So uh, a, a number of the states, California, New York, Massachusetts, uh, they have high tax rates, and they're also pretty expensive to live in. And so there's just a general shift of the economy away from those states to places like the great state of Texas. <laughs> And, you know, when you start capping mortgage interest and, and tax deductions, you know, all that's going to do is accelerate the movement away from those states to Texas. Um, one more sort of general question. Um, I work in the investment space, um, and we, we do development and acquisition work. 
Is there is there specific elements of the legislation that benefits um, new building over buying existing product, or is is there anything that deals? You know, I think what was interesting is they did actually level the playing field a little bit for buying existing assets. Uh, you know, previously, um, you know, if they, you got new tax benefits, like there are some in this new law, you had to start from scratch and build something new. And now the the big one is the bonus depreciation. So it's not on real estate, but it's on non-real estate assets. But let me give you a quick example. You have an apartment complex. You can go in and slice and dice it. And even though you bought the entire complex, you can carve out a good chunk of it as non-real estate. Well, in the past, when you bought used assets, you didn't get any benefits. Now you can take bonus depreciation on used assets. So you, you could, in theory... Starting September 28th of 2017, so this is a little bit retroactive here, you could take 100% depreciation at acquisition on assets you just acquired. Now, there's a little trick in there, and we'll probably get into this later, is that if you're uh, loaded down with debt, you may want to elect out of these rules so that all of your interest will be deductible. But if you're not worried about your interest deductibility, you may want to accelerate these deductions. Um, and then one other interesting tidbit I should uh, throw out for uh, for the real estate industry with a, a lot of uh, partnerships. There's something called a technical termination in the partnership area where if you generally if you buy more than 50% of a partnership for tax purposes, it's treated as if the partnership stopped and then started over, you know, brand like a brand new partnership, have to make new elections and all that. Um, there was a trap there because you could miss uh, tax return due dates, but there was also a benefit there because you didn't inherit all this bad tax history that might be in a partnership. Now you can buy 99% or 99.9% of a partnership and it does not technically terminate. So that puts a little pressure on due diligence if you buy an existing asset through an existing partnership. So let's keep on, let's dive a little deeper here into some of the things you've brought up. So if, if the tax rate is lower for C corporations in, in the new legislation, then would the, the pass-through entities want to convert to corporations to get the lower tax rate? Is that, you see that happening? I, I see the I see a lot of people asking the question. <laughs> so we've had that conversation with almost every one of our clients because the twenty one percent twenty one percent sounds like a really nice rate, whereas you know even if you get the new twenty percent deduction, your effective rate is twenty nine point six, and so that's a pretty big spread. But when you really start diving into it, you get the twenty one percent, but then your your cash when you have a gain. Um, our income is trapped in the corporation. And so if you want to get it out where you can use it, you got to pass it out in a dividend, which then gets taxed again at 20%. So before you know it, your tax rate is back to, you know, 30 plus percent. And so um, unless you have um, an unusual situation, you probably want, want to remain a pass-through entity. Um, are there specific conditions that have to be met? For that pass-through entity to get the twenty-two, the twenty percent deduction. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> okay, well, Congress right. can never make anything easy. So, uh, and and this, there's a lot of gray area here because Congress did not do a good job defining these rules. They came up with a term called qualified trader business, but they 
didn't really tell us whether you can have five trader businesses in the same legal entity or whether you can have one trader business that encompasses 50 legal entities. So the IRS and Treasury will be coming up with those rules. But once you've got it figured out what your qualified trader business is, there's a limitation on this 20% deduction. It's capped at 50% of your W-2 wages. And so as you can imagine, that's a problem in the real estate industry because you don't have a lot of W-2 wages. So they did throw a, a special rule in for real estate or anybody else who can use it. It's 25% of your W-2 wages plus 2.5% of the original tax basis of your property. So if you've got a small shop with a couple of people, but you go out and build a lot of assets, you still can get a pretty high limit and get this deduction. So that leads us into... um, Let me make one other point on there that's totally unrelated to tax reform, but it it does factor in. Uh, The Bipartisan Budget Act a couple of years ago threw in a new rule. Um, It's basically partnership audit rules. It allows the IRS to audit partnerships and make the adjustment at the partnership level rather than pass it through to the partners. And so they can do the, you know, heads I win, tails you lose things. So, for example, if you misallocate income, they can go after at the partnership level the partner that didn't get enough and make the partnership pay more tax. Wow. But for the individual that paid too much, they just leave that alone. Okay. And so this all factors in because one one eighteen, you've got these new partnership audit rules that took effect, and you've got this new tax law with all kinds of uncertainty. So as you're taking your positions and figuring things out, you got to, in the back of your mind, you know, think about what the IRS could do if they come in and audit under these new rules and make sure you got all that figured out in your partnership. And what about the um, the carried interest rule? With the specific items that dealt with that, obviously another huge topic in our, in our so, industry, so... Yeah, so carried interest has been a topic of a lot of discussion. You know, some in Congress and the, the, the broader community hate the concept of carried interest, and so Congress was supposed to do something about it. And so what they tried to do about it is, is say, if you've got a carried interest and your partnership sells an asset, it's got to be held for three years instead of the normal one year to get the capital gains rate. And so that's what the attempt was. And we're all fairly certain, by we all, I mean the the broader uh, tax advisor community, we're all pretty certain that the intent was to include business use assets like an apartment complex, for example. But the way the actual language is written, it's far from clear that business use assets like apartment complexes are in. And so it Everybody seems to think that you, there's a really good position to say, hey, we're still at one year on things like apartment complexes. We know it, that's not Congress's intent, but we've got some rumblings even out of Treasury and IRS that they see the problem with the statute. So right. this is one that consult your tax advisor right. about carried interest. There's a lot of work to be done on this one. What about the um, – the real property, the depreciation part. <clears throat> yeah, so we talked about that before, but um, uh, quickly again, um, there's a 100% deduction on non-real estate depreciation. And so 
you know, most real estate has non-real estate stuff attached to it, fixed furniture and fixtures and faucets and electrical distribution and all kinds of things. So this puts a lot of pressure on cost segregation studies. You know, you buy or build an asset, you want to do a cost segregation study so you can carve out as much of the non-real estate as you can because it is eligible for the 100% uh, bonus. Um, but you got to decide. You either get the bonus or you um, can get your full interest deduction. Right. Um, I'm just going to finish up um, in, 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 um, in trying to um, keep us on a, on a time schedule here in terms of um, with one f- sort of general question. I think that the bill um, or, or the consensus is that most Americans will receive a reduction in tax, which would be good for the economy. But what, what, could you define most Americans for us a little bit in terms of is it everybody or most? Yeah, I think that's fair. My, you know, my impression after reading through everything is uh, on, at the individual level, probably 95 percent of people are going to get a reduction. A right. You know, there's some high wealth individuals who are in service businesses like the law practice, accounting practice, medical practice who may not get the benefit of the special deductions and may lose on mortgages and property taxes and things like that, who may possibly end up with a slightly higher rate. But overall, I think this is going to benefit the, the vast majority of taxpayers in the U.S. David, thank you so much for your time and uh, very much appreciate it. And thank you again. Glad to be here. Thank you.